0: Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of the Startup Diary. Today, we have another 600 seconds on the clock with rapid fire questions. This time in the hot seat, we have Cody Barbo, founder and CEO of Trust & Will. You'll hear that interview tomorrow, but for now, stay tuned for 600 seconds with Cody Barbo. Cody, I have 600 seconds on the clock. Let's jump straight into question one. What is the one thing you know now that you wish you could tell the 18-year-old version of yourself? Stay true
1: to who you are. The geek you are as a teenager will still be the same geek you are at 30 as as a husband, a father, and as a great leader at a company.
0: I love that. What is the favorite software tool that you use that people need to know about?
1: Uh, it's, it's, obvious, but Slack, Slack is the lifeblood of our organization. I've just, I'm so thankful it exists. It's easy. It's intuitive and, uh, go use it if you haven't signed up. Yeah. What would you rather give up Google maps or Netflix?
0: Uh, ooh. uh, probably
1: Netflix. Google maps is super handy.
0: What's the best piece of advice you've been given and who gave it to you?
1: Uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think it's a Navy SEAL quote. Um, I included in a couple of talks that I give, but I've put myself in so many uncomfortable situations. It's really helped me develop a thick skin and, uh, the ability to be a great entrepreneur that I am today.
0: Yeah. I love that. Someone told me to search for the uncomfortable activities to push you outside the comfort zone. Uh, I'm going to probably put that quote up somewhere. Um, what do you use Apple or Android? Apple. I knew that from our conversation we just had an interview with. Uh, What book do you most often gift or recommend to others?
1: Uh, That's such a good question. I have my 10 favorite books behind me on the bookshelf here. Uh, The one recently that I've been promoting is The Secrets of Sand Hill Road by Scott Cooper. He's a partner at Andreessen Horowitz. Fundraising is the hardest thing you will do as an entrepreneur if you choose to fundraise. And I think it does a phenomenal job of outlining the process and how to think about uh, the returns that investors are seeking—it's just a game of chess and FOMO at the end of the day. But I really like that book.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a new one for me. To be honest, I like to. Continue. I don't suppose you know if it's on Audible or not. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Scott. I think he narrates it too. I'm going to have to check that out. You're eating out. What's
1: your go-to restaurant? Uh, <laughs> uh, lately, it's been uh, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, and In-N-Out because uh, they're convenient and it's pandemic, but. Uh, We have a ramen spot here in town in San Diego called Underbelly. That's the best ramen in town.
0: Perfect. We're trying to make a list of every guest recommendation, and I'm going to make it my (laughs) my bucket list to try them all. Who's had the largest impact in your life, taking family members
1: and partners off the table? Yeah, Um, there's there's a handful of people. I'll, I'll give a shout out to my business coach, John Buffini. I think John was the first person I've ever met, this is about almost a decade ago now, that he knew my biggest weaknesses in the first hour of talking with him. And I I didn't realize at the time, yes, very strategic questions to surface those. But he's helped me kind of really develop a framework for how to move forward, uh, really focusing on my strengths, but complementing my weaknesses with people in my life and in my organizations to kind of balance it out.
0: I had a uh, business coach for the first time 12 months ago and it's changed things for me. Uh, curiosity, when did you, in your journey of the three startups, when did you hire your coach?
1: Uh, this past year. Oh, wow. This business, yeah, it, we've had a, a met, more of a mentorship relationship for the last decade. And then with the, re- he's expensive. I mean, he coaches C-levels at big companies. So I, I couldn't afford him if I'm being honest. Uh, but with the new round of venture capital, wanted to make it a, a priority to get coaching for myself and also make it available to my co-founders. Uh, It's always strapped to be better, never be satisfied with the status quo. Yeah, that's great.
0: How did you make your first dollar, Cody?
1: My first dollar, uh, besides like the cliche lemonade stand, um, in high school I used to, I got really into video production. Before that was like kind of a cool thing. And I used to do videos for other students in class and not only help them get A's, but get paid like
0: anywhere from like
1: 200 bucks. And it was awesome. Um, It was good. Good entrepreneurship. Just like Kirsty,
0: yeah. because you're like probably the third person that said outside the cliche of lemonade stands. Does that mean you actually did? Le- Does everyone do lemonade stands?
1: Yeah. And it's like such a, I don't know if that's like a global thing. Like in the US, it's such a common thing. Like we lived in a big neighborhood. There's one main entrance. We'd go out there and just have a lemonade stand. And then we'd use the money to go get like Subway sandwiches uh, at, <laughs> down the street. I was, you that's know, that's like fifth, fifth grade at the time and we're cute kids still. So people just kind of pony up the cash.
0: Like it. Yeah, we don't do that in the yeah. UK. Are
1: you an early <laughs> bird or a night owl? Early. Uh even before kids, I was waking up at like five twenty-five AM. It's been an adjustment, but I'm still almost up almost every day by six AM at the latest. How much sleep are you getting, out curiosity Uh seven to eight hours. I've really prioritized my sleep. Um, I prioritize my workouts in the morning. Uh, my mental health and physical health, I think are directly correlated to each other. And for me, working out is less physical and it's more mental. And that kind of really sets the tone for the day in maintaining energy from start to finish.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's, um, uh, lockdown has actually forced me and the wife to do a 25 minute high intensity training every morning. <laughs> um, I, and it's absolutely changed how I perceive the rest of the day. I just actually go positive, into the day the positive.
1: I highly recommend it.
0: I'm going to try and keep it up after lockdown, to be honest. Yep. How close have you been to
1: quitting, and why? Uh, very rare. I've, I think I've only resigned from one position, and that was when I was in school because I was spread too thin across other leadership roles. I don't like to think of myself as a quitter. Um, I, it's just, a, it's like your ultimate test of self, especially as an entrepreneur, to prove to yourself more than anyone that you can build something amazing. And have fun along the way. And despite the stress and anxiety that sometimes comes along with it, you start to kind of fill those gaps with things that strengthen you, like workouts, sleep, prioritizing your family time. And that way, when you carry yourself to work, you're really focused on what the objectives are for the day.
0: Yeah, I could unpackage that, but my job is to keep this thing moving on with some fast-fire questions. You're hosting a dinner <laughs> party, dead or alive. Who are the first three invites going out to? Not family, uh,
1: not friends. Yeah, what a cool question. Uh, Steve Jobs, for sure. I mm-hmm. mentioned him on the podcast. Uh, I think a past U.S. president, I don't have like any like political party preference, but I think it'd be super fun to have like uh, JFK. I don't know why. And then I think like for a curveball celebrity, like The Rock, uh, for sure. I don't know. I just, I think The Rock is awesome. And I think it'd be a fun dinner party.
0: I think if you got The Rock, I'd love to just sit next to Kevin Hart. I just love how those two interact. Yeah. Maybe them. if I
1: take that back, yeah, The Rock, Kevin Hart and Shaq, and I'd probably have the most entertaining dinner of all time. That'd be cool. Yeah. How how do you plan your week's work? Um, we, Monday mornings for sure. I try, I at least mentally can prepare on a Sunday night because I'll look at my calendar and look at what the week has this for. But like the first uh, two hours on Mondays, uh, typically before I do my team all hands meeting, which we do at 10 AM, uh, we, I really just kind of think through what are the priorities for this week? What can I push off to next week? Is there anything that's on my schedule that's like low priority that I can delay another, you know, week or two. And I find that to be really good. And then Fridays, I like to try and not book any calls or meetings the second half of the day and really make that for follow-ups. How do I get as close to inbox zero as I can clear out my inbox, go into the weekend Kind of stress or anxiety free. Um, there's exceptions to that with some events and stuff going on, but I've done a really good job at Monday mornings and Friday afternoons, just setting the tone for the week and weekends.
0: Yeah, uh like that we do our all hands as well on a uh, on a Monday at ten. And I wanna I'm gonna pick you up on that actually. I'm gonna get rid of all my yep. calendar stuff on a Friday afternoon and try and get to inbox Third zero. Out. You get the inbox
1: zero going out
0: for the weekend, man. Life is good. Yeah, that's the difference. It just sits with me all weekend.
1: <laughs> that's the problem. Um yeah. cryptocurrency, future or fad? Uh, the tech, I'm going to, I'm going to curveball the answer. I don't think it's a fad. I think the technology behind blockchain is incredible. It's something that we look at and think about quite often at Trustable. Um, cryptocurrency, I think there'll be uh, the need for a much larger catalyst event for it to be globally adopted. It just, it was hype. It crashed. It's coming back right now, but I, I'm not convinced on the currency side, but the technology I couldn't be more bullish on. Great answer. And I completely agree, actually. Uh,
0: What social media platform do you personally spend the most time on?
1: Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. LinkedIn for creating content. So I post a lot on LinkedIn and I really validate a lot of my network and ability to connect with people through that. And then the second would be Twitter because I look at it as my classroom. I've curated a group of incredibly impressive entrepreneurs, business leaders, investors. And it allows you to be in the conversation. It's like being at the happy hour at a major event. With some of the smartest and most brilliant people on earth and i i love that i'd be able to hop on at any time and see what they're talking about and to jump into the conversation as well
0: that's a great one actually the way you said that is i turned off twitter because i just followed too many people and it just became an uh, just a, <laughs> a noise uh, but the curated approach actually sounds like it could work if you had to become the ceo of another company which company
1: would you drop yourself into
0: Ooh.
1: oh man Uh, probably something in biotech life sciences. I think there's so much opportunity to lift the world, uh, third world into the first world. And just modern medicine is really the reality of how to make those changes. So if it wasn't like a biotech or life science business, I would say, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation is an organization that inspires me for the work that they do. And it would be an honor, uh, to be able to carry out that work as a legacy to think about long-term. That's cool, man.
0: I find it so hard sometimes not to follow up on questions with this. I need to get I need to explain <laughs> this to more seconds. Uh, I'm flicking through because we've only got time to one more. Uh, let me go with when asked, what has been the hardest decision to make in your life? What is the first thing that springs to mind?
1: The hardest decision I've had to make? Uh... <laughs> Personally or professionally? I'm going to ask for both now. You've held your head in your hands. Uh Yeah, I think the the toughest, like personally, like, okay, like when I proposed to my wife, like I didn't know, is it too soon? Is it the right time? Is it too late? Like, try not to ask too many of her friends or her family so they don't spill the beans. So I kept it very tight. That was like the most nervous I've ever been. I like remember blacking out when I asked my wife to marry me, even though I knew she'd say yes. And and she obviously did. Uh, Professionally, I have had to fire people and like, it hurts so bad because you hired this person. So it's, you're, you're the one that's at fault for making the reality of this decision you have to make come to light, which is letting them go. And I just, it's not firing for bad reasons it's just uh, letting go because of conditions that are sometimes out of your control and you just have this deep relationship with people. Um, so it's probably the hardest I'd say.
0: Cody, you've been an absolute star. Guys, if you listen to this 600 Seconds with Cody Barbo, make sure you tune in and subscribe to the podcast tomorrow. Um, I, I, I will say it here. I've said it to him on the mics and off the mics. Extremely impressive guy from a storytelling and uh, vision perspective. Cody, thank you so much for your time, buddy.
1: Yeah, thank you, Adam.